0: Welcome to episode 369 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with. So we meet again, but like you, for the last time. Not today,
2: sir. Matt, how are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm very, very
0: well. Always brings a smile to my face. Really <laughs> <laughs> nice. What have you been up to? It's been a few weeks since you've been last on.
2: Yeah, been playing and watching a couple of things. A game I started mid or last week It's a game called Forspoken, which very recently came out. Essentially, the story here is a woman called Frey. She's living in New York. She's kind of very much down on her luck, and she comes across this metal bracelet. And she picks it up because it's all shiny and glowy. And of course, I think most of us would be curious about what that is. And then it sends her through a portal, sends her to this other world called Athia, which is like a fantasy sort of world a bit like final fantasy type of areas and she starts realizing that the cuff which is the nickname that she gives it is actually talking to her which is basically the two main voices in the game which is Frey and Cuff because she's got this cuff on and cannot get it off uh, she gains abilities to do certain powers which obviously you can do as a player you can unlock stuff as you go through very you know RPG-esque with uh, that sort of thing she's tasked with fixing something called the break I won't go too much detail into what that actually is because that's kind of the reveal of that but she's apparently not affected by this so she's able to go into the areas where it's affected people it's like a not really like a virus but like a disease sort of thing it will do bad things to people if they're in the area that this thing is in right uh, so it's a third person action game and she's basically tasked with hey there's this evil woman who may or may not have caused this break to happen can you stop her that's sort of the basic premise of things there's been some like kind of mixed reviews for this game out there I've played I think about five five six hours at this point I'm into chapter four I quite like it so far there are some like wonky things with it and some quality of life just weird sort of issues right but once you get into the flow of the combat which is what you'll be doing quite a lot of the time it's quite good it also depends on which of the powers you want to use and stuff basically how that works is on the R1 R2 side so R1 brings up a weapon wheel that gives you your offensive attacks and then on L1 is your weapon wheel for defensive attacks so you can sort of use shields and barriers and that kind of thing so you sort of Combine them and try and you know work your way through the combat. Then you unlock things as you go through. You can also sort of press and hold circle and move forward to do like magical parkour. Some of the complaints about the game has been okay. The dialogue between Frey and Cuff, which is a pretty regular thing, yes, is a bit cringy or sort of not well written. I actually find some of it quite funny. Yeah, because there's a bit of mystery as to like okay, how did this person become a Cuff and like why does this Cuff exist and what is it? And the very sort of normal human background that Frey comes from and she's been flung into this world and she's confused and angry and so there's a lot of emotions going around um and Frey Frey can get a bit annoyed at some points it sort of made sense to me have you seen much of this game at all
0: no I'm only aware of it because of the fact that it kind of popped up as being sort of memed quite a lot (laughs) by yeah. uh, people on Twitter so that's the only kind of connection I have with it I hadn't really seen anything of it other than that so I know it's getting mauled in the reviews it's got like the meta score of 6 out of 10 or something so I mean it could be worse but yeah mm-hmm. so I've not tried it but again I mean lots of sort of what they're describing as kind of marvel one-liners in there which you know is not necessarily a bad thing like you say it can be quite no, fun can be quite it depends funny. what
2: you like I suppose so yes no I've, I've not really had major problems with the dialogue it's just sort of the way that they speak to each other. Yeah. So I know the combat's pretty good. Traversal and parkour and stuff is, is quite good. There's not many scenarios where those two things are combined. You're usually either running or fighting most of the time. So yeah. but I'm enjoying it so far. The other new show that, that came out very recently, is one that uh, I think you've said that you like, yes, and I've it seems like a it, lot yes. of people really enjoy this. It's called Extraordinary. Yes. I am um, five episodes in. Really, really great the way this show's put together. It's sort of like if you had a show set in Britain... They're interestingly Americanized in a certain way with like an E4 template yes. to it. it yeah. It's very much like you watch this show and you think, weird that this is on Disney Plus. Obviously, it's because it's a, yeah, it's it a Hulu is. show. But you'd look at this and you think, I've seen things like this on E4. Yes. Because they, they well they don't really do shows like that anymore, but they used to make things like that. And yeah. uh they they're very, very good at doing those sorts of things. And uh, so this obviously has nothing to do with E4. It's a Hulu show and a Disney Plus show, which is interesting. You explained the premise I think last week about she doesn't get a power when she turns eighteen and she's gotta try to yeah, figure it's out set, why.
0: Set in a world where everybody has superpowers except her, basically. And I said the same sort of thing. It's a very kind of E4-esque type comedy,
2: even though yeah. they have
0: nothing to do with it, but it's remind me of very much of dead pixels because that's a very Definitely. similar Definitely. level of hu- you know, type of humor yeah
2: disappointing because you look back and you think you know, like in between us misfits skins dead pixels they just don't really make shows like that anymore do mm. they e4 you'll see the old like friday night dinner is a bit newer Well,
0: it's going to be interesting channel four never actually made any of those shows they were all buy-ins but they had a certain aesthetic which they kind of yeah you know, brought
2: in young adult um, thing.
0: one of the things they are looking to change because you know there was a whole ridiculous thing about oh, oh were they going to sell channel four and now they've completely changed their mind on that which is great i'm very okay. glad they're not doing that one of the things that has come out of that is channel four maybe are actually allowed to make its own shows which it was never allowed to do before it was part of the agreement with the government part of their contract was that they weren't allowed to own their own shows essentially because they are there to support independent TV production that was always part of the deal but they're now talking about relaxing that a little bit so E4 Mm. well Channel 4 could be allowed to make its own stuff and if that happens you may actually see a bit more of this sort of slightly more raucous comedy things coming back again maybe as co-productions or, or whatever but you might see a little bit more of that stuff coming back which would be quite nice but yes mm-hmm. as i say this has nothing to do with really e4 it's just it's very much in that sort of british comedy type of vein yeah
2: some other comments i made about the show recently we're very used to in this day and age oh superhero thing dc or marvel that's like been the template for so long yeah. and we've had like other things you know umbrella academy and i zombie and those kinds of things i want more shows like this that sort of here's a group of people or person with powers and they are just figuring it out as they go but it's got nothing to do with DC and nothing to do with Marvel I wonder if certain studios or executives are nervous to step on that because there is so much DC Marvel DC Marvel everywhere yeah I think maybe competition
0: it's some of that and I think Also, the sort of geek comedy is quite difficult to pull off. I mean, if you think there's only like a handful of like sci-fi comedies out there that are actually any good. And even then, some of them have had their ups and downs. I mean, Red Dwarf, much as I adore that show, is probably the primary kind of sci-fi comedy. But that's had some rough seasons as well. And Mm. so these sort of superhero comedies, geek kind of based comedies are quite a difficult thing
2: to pull off, I think. is part of the reason but yeah no I really love the show so far I'm trying to just like savor it and watch it slowly so I'm five episodes in but I'm really loving it so far some of the powers that have come up in the show are really great some are a little <laughs> bit more funny yeah um seeing Jen trying to sort of you know just navigate her life and things like that I mean even just from the opening scene it's one of them kind of shows you start the pilot episode and some pilot episodes for shows can be wonky and the rest of it can be really really great but the opening scene happened and I was like I think I'm gonna really enjoy this show it just yes. had that instant kind of it just showed you itself at the start yeah I so quite like as well it's not outright filthy adult but it is more sort of adult and raunchy yeah i think it strikes that, but it doesn't go too far in in either direction yeah but how kind of well balanced and adult the show is i think it strikes a really really good balance with that yeah so but very much enjoying that so far and it's renewed for season two it came yes. it got renewed the day it came out didn't it which yes, was it did. Uh, very good speaking of another show that doesn't need renewing because it's in its final season servant is about halfway through its final season uh, there's supposed to be f- 40 chapters, so four seasons, 10 episodes each. And we had episode, what was it, four last week? So we're almost at the halfway point. It's doing something a bit different to season three because each season of the shows kind of had not a different theme, but a different sort of aim. Like season one was just introduction, season two was getting a bit deeper into things, season three really focused on being especially creepy. And season four is kind of trying to pay off some of those things and trying to pay off some of the things that were set up in, especially the previous season. It's still got a lot of its horror qualities, but they're just doing some different stuff this season. There's a few people nervous online. It's like, oh, we have only got so many episodes left. We need to wrap it up quick, quick, quick. It's like, just calm down. It sure won't take that long to wrap up everything in the show. The challenge they've got there is you've had so many little teasers of things and so many sort of weird things that have happened in the show. It's like, why has that happened? Why is that here? Why is, you know, all these different kind of things. But we'll see uh, how it wraps up. I know M. Night himself has got a bit of a history of kind of not paying off things quite so well or and ambiguous kind of answers. Yeah. I mean, you can do ambiguous answers and stuff. It just depends what you want to leave the audience kind of thinking. I've not seen a ton of his actual films this is the first thing I've kind of majorly jumped onto for his, but we'll see how it wraps out. we've still got six episodes left. So we've still got roughly like three hours, which is still quite a lot of time. So I'm liking the direction they're going in this season. And even though it's not as creepy this season, it's still got the other thing it will just show you. And you'd be like, why is that there? But in like a really creepy, interesting sort of horror way, they did the big one of those in episode three i can't say what it was because it's a massive massive spoiler something got sort of teased and then it got a bit shown later on but it didn't have much context to it like oh that's that's weird that you've actually gone there. It's also interesting what they're doing this season with the in-house storytelling and how the world's looking outside because there's some like really just wild, extraordinary kind of things happening and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see how it's how it kind of wraps up. So been enjoying that. Uh, the other thing I've been watching is Shrinking. I'm not fully caught up on it yet. I've got the episode from last week to catch up with. I can't remember, have you said you're watching
0: Shrinking? I haven't started it yet. No it is one that I do want to go and check out but I haven't started that yet.
2: This is the Jason Segal therapy kind of show. Is it therapist and he decides to take a bit of a detour with his job and tries to be like too open with people and kind of like you see some of that in the trailer. I really like where they've gone with it the first two episodes and what's going on with his daughter and there's a few patients that he sees that you kind of see as a one off and a few that kind of have a few more ongoing stories. But yeah, again, this is Apple going for quality over quantity. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, if if you're looking at this and thinking, okay, how did you get Harrison Ford and Jason Zagal? It's because they're not making 20 other shows this month. It's because they're making this and a few others. I have noticed Apple's been making a few more shows recently, but it's important to remember as well. Quite a lot of their shows have actually finished in the last couple of years because we've had like Seas finished, Servants on its last season, Essex Serpent was limited, Ted Lasso's ending this season. So they do need to make new shows eventually. So the, the quality over quantity approach is still working for this show. I think this is another really good one as well. Did you have the intention to watch this?
0: Yeah, I do intend to go and have a look at this at some point. There's been other things I've been trying to get through, so I yeah. just haven't got to it yet. Yes, it's one that I, I do want to go and check out.
2: Nice. Uh, so there's some of the things I've been up to. Obviously, Last of Us is out there, but we'll talk about that. Yes, we'll get to that shortly. Um, what have you been up to?
0: Well, one of the first things I went and looked at when it dropped was Nolly, which is the new Russell T. Davies drama, which is on ITVX. It's only three Episodes. I think they're an hour long each. So it's not a particularly long thing to get through. If you're unaware of Nolly, it is a drama which stars Helen and Bottom Carter in the role of Noel Gordon. Noel Gordon was. A real-life person, she was the star of a daytime soap which was called Crossroads, and it ran until sort of mid-'80s, basically. Uh, Yeah, 87 was when it ran, and started in 1964. So Crossroads was this motel. Noel Gordon played the person that ran this motel, and there was an infamous short period where she was fired off the show for no apparent reason. And this kind of goes into the reasons why she was fired and what she did. Noel Gordon was a fascinating character in herself as well because she was very much the mother of the cast. Whilst she could be a little difficult at times because she'd been there forever, she was quite beloved by everybody that she worked with. She became this massive icon. And while you think, oh, well, daytime soap and you're thinking about those sort of things now, you're talking about something which was out three times a week and had 15 million viewers an episode. I mean by today's numbers it will be a smash hit series. It was a massive thing and she was the head of the cast essentially and got bumped off. It's sort of this drama just around her and telling her life. It's Russell T Davies brilliantly writing these really interesting little stories. It's not to the level of something like it's a sin. That's a pretty high bar to be fair. But it's still up there. I mean it's well written, it's entertaining, it's beautifully acted Helen Carter is great in the lead role of Noel Gordon there's wonderful supporting cast around there Mark Gattis pops up playing somebody called Larry Grayson who if you're of my sort of age you'll be aware who Larry Grayson was he did a thing called the Generation Game I mean I remember Crossroads when it went out so it was sort of really interesting look at a slice of British TV history I thought, I thought but um, yeah it's called Nolly it's up on ITVX right now it is well worth going to check out And the same. It's only kind of three episodes long, but I just found it fascinating and very well written. A really interesting story of sort of how women were treated in the sort of 80s and this sort of transition period of TV and stuff. Really, really interesting drama on ITVX called Nolly. Worth going to look at that. Other things we watched this week, uh, Rookie came back for season five, pretty much a straight continuation on from the previous season. It's kind of tragic, really, because the opening episode very much focuses on Rosalind Dyer, who was a serial killer, played by Annie Wershonk, who sadly at the end of January passed away at the age of 45 from, uh, I think it was cancer. It's very strange this being the week that the show starts and her being quite a major focal point of that opening as well. But she was in 24, she was in Timeless, she was in Bosch. She's one of those faces that popped up in a whole bunch of different shows that, you know, solid jobbing actor. She was also in The Last of Us video game. She voiced Tess and did the performance capture for Tess in the video game as well. So very, very sad loss. But uh, yeah, she's in the opening episodes of season five of The Rookie as well. I'm also working through that 90s show, which I think is doing a solid job. I mean, it's very much that 70s show, but set in the 90s. I mean, it pretty much copies the entire format of it, but does a really good job with that. I finished Extraordinary as well. I finished the first bit of La Brea Season 2 Part 1. I'm waiting for the second part of that season to drop. We don't know when that's coming on to Paramount Plus yet. watched the new Amsterdam finale, which I thought they did a wonderful job with. There's this beautiful little twist at the end of that it sort of felt like that was cancelled rather than it actually being a full finale but they managed to massage a finale into that ending episode really quite well and gives a very satisfying end to that you do feel a bit like there could have been five more seasons before they ended the way they ended but i think that was a great medical drama i will miss it but they did a really nice job with the finale episode of that One of the new shows I watched was The Recruit, which is on Netflix. How do you describe The Recruit? I would say, imagine if you took Jack Ryan and Mm -hmm. had that show made by the people that made The Rookie. Um, Because it is by the people that made The Rookie. And it is kind of a spy adventure set in the CIA, except instead of being a kind of CIA analyst, he's a CIA lawyer and gets him way over his head. He's basically straight out of college, gets this job at the CIA, gets a bunch of files dumped onto his desk, which are all the sort of crank letters that they get of people threatening to expose CIA secrets. And most of them are complete rubbish, except one of them isn't. And that's the case that he starts to sort of follow up. It's Noah Centineo in the lead role as Owen. He's great. Uh, he's been in a few other things. He was Atom Smasher in the Black Adam movie. All oh, right. and he's been in things like the fosters as well a few other bits and pieces but he's great he's really charismatic in that lead role works that character really really well very very enjoyable it's a really nice setup for a series it has been renewed for a second season which is one of the reasons why i started watching it because you know it's a netflix show and you never know with a netflix series when i posted the news about it having been renewed everybody's going oh i'm glad that's coming back that was really really good so uh, i went and checked it out and i'm really quite enjoying it unlike like Jack Ryan it's much more of a dramedy it's much more of the sort of humor dramedy action level of something like The Rookie but it's really nicely done and if you like things like The Rookie I think this would be very much up your street it is one certainly worth checking out
2: mm. I still need to go and watch the most recent season of Jack Ryan I just haven't clicked on Amazon for a while so mm. sometimes it's just about clicking on these different services and remembering what's on them yeah I'm a bit like that with Apple sometimes I, I kind yeah. of like oh yeah, yeah
0: there's that's come out yeah that is one I would go and check out and the other thing i watched this week is i actually watched a film i finally watched black panther wakanda forever really quite enjoyed it i thought they handled the chadwick boseman stuff really quite well it's a lovely sort of tribute throughout the entire thing to him i don't think it has the same level as the first movie but still a very very enjoyable film have you seen this
2: yeah reviewed it a while ago i thought it was spectacular i really really enjoyed it it continued playing on the strengths of the mcu which is telling a story within its own film and then also setting up other stuff obviously there's a post-credit thing to set up something I won't talk about that here so you got that and then you got the introduction of Ironheart which we already know she's got a TV show on the way so uh, she slides straight into what was going on I really like those scenes with I think it's Shuri Okoye and Riri Williams when they sort of go and visit her I thought that was really really great as well some of the action was really fantastic and it's a rare film that has a very long runtime but actually manages to justify it No, I I thought they did a really 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 great job with this
0: yeah I think they did a really really nice job with it it was thoroughly enjoyable Riwi Williams it looks like she's going to be a really interesting new character to introduce into the MCU it was great seeing people like M'Baku who was a really good character this time around and uh, Denai Guerrero's character she was great and Lupita Nyong'u
2: and Angela Bassett yeah, just absolutely Angela killing Bassett. it in this yeah,
0: Angela Bassett completely killing it in this I mean and Michaela Cole as well I, really good I mean I would love to see a show just based around and the sort of Wakandan female special forces stuff are they mean, doing some sort of TV show I can't remember I can't remember whether that was one. There there was talk about was... It. yeah there was certainly talk about it at some point I think I don't know whether that's going ahead or not but yeah mm. I mean I I think there is definitely a show with those characters in there because they're brilliant kick-ass characters and also quite funny when they're sort of charismatic
2: and y- everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: really really quite funny so yes very very enjoyable and Namor adding it I think is a, a nice addition as so Mm -hmm. yeah some good stuff in there
2: so we'll probably get maybe a tv show we'll probably get a black Panther three and obviously we're getting the iron heart series good stuff lots of stuff coming off that
0: but yes definitely worth going to check out but that is on disney plus right now if you've not caught it in the cinema it is on disney plus you can go and watch that for free if you've got a disney plus subscription so go and check that out that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals cancellations and pickups, inevitably another DC cancellation. Pennyworth has been cancelled after three seasons. It was pretty obvious that wasn't going to survive because it ran on Epics for two seasons in the US. They shut Epics down and then they moved the third season onto HBO Max and gave it the subtitled Pennyworth, The Origins of Bruce Wayne's Butler, which was completely unnecessary. Did
2: they actually call it that? Yes. I thought that was a joke.
0: <laughs> no, no, that was genuinely what I it saw was I going and I thought it was a joke. No, that was genuinely <sighs> what I don't know why they renamed it why do you need to do that yeah it seems very unnecessary that has now been after three seasons i mean it's one of those shows that i did watch the first season of it i can't even remember what i got to the end of the first season it was fine i know some people love it i'm always kind of in two minds about it but not coming back after three seasons so that's now gone
2: they're cleaning house with the dc tv side aren't they I yeah. um, which just makes me even more certain that Superman and Lois will go after three.
0: It does seem to be heading because that's that one that's way. very yes. much just
2: not a reverse, not really anything particular. It's just sort of on its own. Yes, um I mean, like what Pennyworth was.
0: Yes, we'll we'll get more into the DC stuff later because there was a quite very big DC announcement this week. Yep. Also cancelled over on FX is a show called Kindred, so that's not coming back. Reboot was cancelled by Hulu, which ran on Disney Plus over. Here here. And uh, Showtime, there's lots of Showtime changes coming up because Showtime in the US basically, it sounds like Paramount who own Showtime are shutting down their linear channel and they're folding it into Paramount Plus in the US, which is what it is over here and in other places internationally. And in actual fact, in the US, I think you can get Showtime as part of Paramount Plus. So, what they're basically doing is they're rebranding it as Showtime on Paramount Plus and keeping the brand. You know how BBC ended up making BBC Three part of the iPlayer right. for a while yeah. before it went back to being a linear channel? It seems to be basically that. They're keeping the brand, but they're moving it all onto Paramount Plus. So, it'll just be part of the streaming instead mm. over there. It's a so bit like Star on Disney Plus. Yeah, basically, yes. Um, mm. okay. it, it will be no different to the international audience because that's how it runs in the uk anyway uh all the showtime stuff goes onto paramount plus they've canceled a the show which they had previously ordered called three women they've also canceled let the right one in and they've also said they've canceled american gigolo but that was announced as a limited series anyway so i don't think that's so much a cancellation really i
2: can't really I cancel a series. <laughs> yeah
0: I don't, I don't we always said it was going to be a limited series but Yeah, Let the Right One In, which is the sort of young child vampire thing that's been cancelled. So that isn't coming back. But they have made some other interesting announcements for that today. We'll get to those in a minute. And the other thing was The Blacklist, which will be ending with its 10th season, which is coming up fairly soon. I mean, I think it's probably time. I love that show. It's great. James Spader is fantastic as Red in that series, but I think they've kind of stretched it as far as they possibly can. Mm. Ten's a lot, isn't it? And Ten Seasons certainly isn't a bad run. Some shows get nowhere
2: near that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So So Ten Seasons is really not a bad run. I will be sad to see it go, but I think they are at a point. They had a bit of a soft reboot where they changed a few things up and some of the cast changed. But I think they're kind of at a point now where you're probably needing to let it go. So here's to hoping that they nail the ending, but that will be ending with the upcoming 10th season. Onto the renewals. La Brea renewed for a third season, so that will be coming back. 1923, which is a Yellowstone spin-off, that's renewed for a second season. Although from what they're saying, it sounds like the second season will probably be a final season as well, because it was one of those cases where it's a prequel series and he originally was planning on doing it in one season, then realised he couldn't put everything he wanted to in one season and asked them, could he make it two seasons? So I, I think it will probably be only two seasons but that has been renewed and is coming back that 90 show as i mentioned earlier that's been renewed for a second season so that's coming back hit monkey which is a marvel animated series that's been renewed for a second season on hulu which is a bit of a surprise because that's one of the final commissions out of the pre-kevin Feige controlled stuff but yes that apparently is coming back as well Amazon has renewed James May's Our Man in. The third season is going to be in India, so that's going to be our man in India. So that will be coming back. The traitors in the US has been renewed for a second season, which I don't think is a huge surprise because that's been a really big hit for Peacock, and it's been doing pretty well over here as well, I think. And the British Traitors has also
2: been renewed. So you'll have that. That's both the one that the Grey right. Watches, isn't it? That's
0: the one that's grey you've been watching, yes. Yeah,
2: you might have mentioned it once or twice,
0: <laughs> Just a bit, yes. <laughs> Night Court, which I don't think has aired over here yet, but that was a revival series of the original Night Court. That's been renewed for a second season at NBC. There's a bunch of these that haven't aired here yet, but uh, Mayfair Witches, that's the Anne Rice series, that's been renewed for a second season by AMC. So Help Me Todd, which is a CBS series, renewed for a second season. The Cleaning Lady, renewed for a third season at Fox. And I'm surprised nobody's picked that one up yet because that seems like a solid kind of sky action drama-y thing. That's been renewed for a third season as well. And Hulu are reviving King of the Hill for a new season. So that animated series will be coming back at some point, mm. presumably on Disney Plus over here. Pick up some other news, there were a few interesting little bits about The Last of Us in terms of its ratings. We know it's been renewed for a second season, not a huge surprise given the audience growth. It grew again for its third week. The second week was already set a record for HBO for the largest growth, between first week and second week episodes for a HBO original drama. Uh, largest growth in the history of the network. The third episode then increased 12% again on top of the second episode. So it's up 37% from the series premiere, which is insane. Because if you know anything about most TV shows, a load of people will tune in for the premiere episode, then a bunch of them will go, this isn't for me and stop watching. So usually you expect it to drop a little bit from the premiere and last of us has just grown and grown and grown it's ridiculous 37 percent is up to from the series premiere and also in the uk it's been the first episode to reach 3.5 million uk viewers over its first seven days and the second biggest u.s drama debut behind house of the dragon for sky atlantic it's fair to say this show is a massive massive
2: (laughs) hit Just just about, yeah, just about and critically rated incredibly high as well, which is which is important. I mean it's one thing to have the average show watched by a lot of people or a bad show watched by a lot of people, but one that's been very critically acclaimed. It's interesting with the seven day thing, because you kind of have to do that now as opposed to what you used to do with TV, because not not everybody's sitting down at nine on a Monday or a Sunday. Some people watch it a couple of hours later or the next day or two days later, or that's the helpful thing with catching the on demand people that are sort of watching the episodes because you can watch it at any point really. I mean I know it's on at what two and, and and nine, but you can watch yeah. at any point in between those times or after or whatever. So yes, really quite amazing.
0: Yes, it is. It is. Uh, And speaking of the timing, actually, episode five will be going out at 2 a.m. on Saturday rather than 2 a.m. on Monday because it's going out on Friday night in the US because it's Super Bowl weekend and they wanted to move it out of the way of the Super Bowl, which kind of makes sense. So the Super
2: Bowl on the Sunday.
0: Yes, the Super Bowl is on the Sunday night. So rather than airing it on the Sunday night, Mm. they've moved it forward to Friday instead. It means that in the UK... It is going out on Saturday night at 2 a.m., so it will be simulcast as usual with the US, but it'll be Saturday night at 2 a.m., so you're going to get episode five a little bit early, which is nice. So we'll be able to watch that then. Cool. Two bits of news that did drop today were also Paramount Showtime related. They have announced a couple of spin offs for their huge shows because. First one is Dexter which if you remember was it last year they came back with Dexter New Blood mm-hmm. which was a sort of way of erasing that awful ending from the original series and give a better ending to it but there was a hint in that that they may do a spin-off on it and apparently that continuation of Dexter New Blood I don't want to spoil it for anybody but I mean it introduced Dexter's son and there is a way that they may continue that series for a second season with the son as well. So that is a possibility. They've not confirmed that yet but that is still in active development so that may still come. What they have actually officially ordered is a show called Dexter Origins. This is going to go back to when Dexter first left college and joined the Miami Metro. So it's going to be a sort of young version of the original series and he's going to have younger versions of the characters that we came to know from the original show. Also going to be focusing on Dexter's family including a very much alive Harry and a very formidable teenage version of Deb. That's the setup for that. Interesting idea that they're going to go with a sort of much younger version. Obviously, it's not going to have the same people playing the characters. They're going to have to be recasting it. But that's one that they have actually ordered to series. So that is coming definitely. They're still working on a possible second season of Dexter New Blood. They're also looking at possibly doing other spin-offs, which sound like they're going to be sort of limited series because they're focusing on other iconic characters from the franchise. So the first one that they're considering at the moment is the Trinity Killer, which was played by John Lithgow in the original. So it's going to be the sort of backstories of those serial killers and how they got to where they got to and that sort of thing. So that's the other thing they're looking at as a possible spin-off as well. Dexter New Blood and that possible spin-off of the other characters, that's not confirmed yet. They have said they're working on them, but they're not actually ordered to series, whereas Dexter Origins is ordered to series. As I mentioned, Showtime has now sort of been absorbed into Paramount Plus. The Dexter stuff did previously run on Sky Atlantic over here because they had a deal for all the Showtime series. That deal actually ended at the start of last year. So these will probably all go straight onto Paramount Plus in the UK. They are being made for Paramount Plus in the USA. The other thing that they're looking at is their other big show, which is Billions. And they're looking to basically expand that into a sort of CSI type global franchise, I guess. Hmm. They're looking at Billions Miami, which is a new installment set in the world of private aviation where the clientele believe the rules of society, government and gravity don't apply to them amidst the wealth, nightlife, contraband and cryptocurrency that pulses through that city. That's one of the ones that they're looking for. And they're also looking potentially Potentially at one called Billions London, which would be billions, but set in London in the world of UK finance. There's also a series called Millions, which is set around a bunch of diverse 30-something financial mogul wannabes doing whatever it takes to make it in Manhattan. And Trillions, which they've said is a slightly more sort of soapy drama based on fictional stories of the richest people in the world, titans of industry living all over the country, but coming into contact and conflict with each other. So those are the four things that they're looking at. The seventh season of Billions, the main show, is currently filming in New York at the Moment, so that is coming. Those four potential spin-offs are in development, so none of them are actually ordered to series, but that's what they're looking to do with that. They're basically looking to make franchises out of Billions and out of Dexter. That seems to be what they're looking at. Hmm. Is there like an appetite for this? Well, yeah, idea. Both were very, very popular shows. I kind of get where they're going with this. I think there is some appetite for it. The main show, I think, is coming to a point where I don't know how much longer you go on with it i mean they did some major cash changes at the end of season five so it did have a bit of a soft reboot for the Sixth season, and then we've got the seventh season coming up. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm potentially interested in some of these. I'm not sure about the Miami one. London would be an interesting one to do, although there are other financial things set in London as well. So, like industry is one which is set in the London financial sector. But I don't know. We'll see whether any of those come to fruition. But uh, that's what they're looking at at the moment. So, moving on to the big news that dropped this week is the DCU because James Gunn and Peter Saffron finally came out with what they were going to be doing with their new DCU slate and gave us a bit more information about stuff that is coming up and also what's happening with the older DCU projects as well. So the older projects first, so we've got Shazam! Fury of the Gods, that's coming out on the 17th of March and then you've got the Flash movie on the 16th of June. As we have been saying all along and strongly suspected, the Flash film is going to be used as a giant reset button for the DCU because it is based around the time meddling of Flashpoint. It's unclear whether they're going to keep Ezra Miller on at the moment. They're not saying either way right now. They basically were making noises about he's committed to his recovery. At some point in the future, we will have a conversation With him about it. It does sound a bit like they're not going to fire him yet, but. He may get fired after the film comes out, which I kind of get. I mean, they're sort of hedging slightly because you don't want to fire the guy now when you have a big film coming out. They're in a difficult position. I I kind of appreciate that because I think they have to put this film out at this point, but it's a tricky one.
2: Yeah, I think it makes sense on the Ezra side. Like, there's no point saying anything about it now because you've got to focus on somehow promoting this film and getting it out. Once the film's been out and it's done its box office run, then you can announce something. I mean, you have to get rid of Ezra. You just have to. Um, I mean, obviously, on the the Fantastic Beast side, I don't think that's continuing anyway. I know that uh, Ezra's over there, but I think, I mean, if you're getting rid of some of these other people that are in this DCEU, which we'll talk about shortly, there's no reason that you shouldn't get rid of Ezra. I mean, they should have done it like ages and ages and ages ago, but obviously that time has come and gone. The main base problem problem with it is okay Ezra's done a bunch of bad stuff but you've already shot the film and unless you do what I've been recommending which is you do like a Luke Skywalker Mandalorian thing and cover (laughs) Ezra's face which yes would cost more money but it would result in you taking Ezra's face out of the film I don't know how that would work with audio and all that kind of stuff but they're a big studio they can they can figure that out what it seems like they're just going to do is just somehow promote this film shove it out the door hopefully it makes a good amount of money and then go from there because you're not really going to get a sequel to this film in the traditional traditional sense because it's you'll get another flash film at some point in the future obviously you can't leave the character dormant but probably with the recasted flash whoever it's going to be and Mm -hmm. then you just pick up with that character later on while you're doing all these all these other things yes I know there's been some slight suggestion about oh if Ezra goes and sorts themselves out and all this sort of thing it's like I, I, I just don't think it's as black and white as that yeah it's up to them to figure out what to do Yes,
0: I, I mean I, I get them not firing him yet I suspect that may happen down the line I don't think you'll announce that now though you, But you're and not. Why, would you, yeah, do yeah, that, you, why you, would you do that now as yeah, you're about to promote the film? Yeah, you're not going to do that until after the film's come out and I think the way Peter Saffron put it was we will have a conversation he's committed to his recovery at the moment we're letting him deal with that we will have a conversation in the future which I rather suspect they probably will fire him later on but for the sake of the film coming out they're not going to fire him before they put the film out so you know right. people PR, are people work. are laying into them for the fact that they are standing by ezra in quotes but because james Gunn did come out and said it's a fantastic movie and it may very well be just which because, he also has to say <laughs> it, yeah i mean and it may very well be a fantastic movie it may be a great great film the fact that it's got a toxic lead doesn't stop it necessarily being a great film it's very Tricky, but I can't see a
2: world where they keep. Him I think on. they just have to push through the release of this and just yeah. hope they get the best of what they can.
0: Yes. So, so after that, we've got Blue Beetle coming out. That is coming out on August eighteenth, and of course, we've not seen Blue Beetle, and he's not connected to anything else at the moment. So I think that will probably slip into the new DCU stuff quite well. And then December twenty fifth, you've got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It does seem to imply, given that that's after the reset point. That Momoa is sticking being Aquaman, good, which is great if that is the case. As I said before, there were rumours of him getting the role as Lobo. We've got no news about Lobo in this initial lot of announcements. That may be true, but as I said, you could do it in the same way they did Thanos, and you could end up with that being more of a CG character with him doing the mocap for it because Lobo is supposed to be this giant, hulking Thanos-sized character.
2: So there were two rules that they, because I read, uh, I think, because I did my one of my DC talk episodes on this and one one thing that they mentioned there was, there was like two specific rules which is an actor or actress is not going to play more than one role and whoever so let's say it's Jason as Aquaman if Aquaman at some point is in a HBO Max show that will also be that same version of that character yes because it's supposed to be a, a, a which is the better way to do it rather than like hey we have a Superman show it can't be Henry Cavill so let's get Tyler in and then do yeah, the same yeah. thing with Flash that makes sense as well so
0: what they've basically said is the DCU is going to be be in one universe. Anything that is outside of that main DCU universe will be branded as Elseworlds, which is what I previously said they mm-hmm. should do. So it makes it very, very clear that anything that is not within the main DCU timeline is an Elseworlds project, which allows them to put things like Matt Reeves' Batman with Robert Pattinson, Superman and Lois, the Joker sequel, even the Harley Quinn animated stuff. All that will be branded as. Elseworlds projects, which is what they do with the comic books. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely the most sensible thing to do. It makes it far clearer, and the majority of new stuff, though, that is coming out will be done under the DCU brand, with them being directly exec-produced by Peter Saffron and James Gunn that seems to be what they're saying Um, Mm -hmm. but this other stuff and Patterson Matt Reeves Batman universe is sort of trundling along alongside but it is a different universe to everything else moving on to the new DCU stuff this is all going to be set in one particular universe there'll be one set of actors that go across they've actually said TV film and they've also said video games which drew a bit of criticism from one of the (laughs) video games guys who was basically saying you can't expect some of these A-list Hollywood actors to come in and do what some of the voice actors do for video games because you're talking of thousands of hours of sitting there recording the same line in 20 million different ways it just seems like you're either going to make video game development for DCU stuff incredibly expensive or just doesn't
2: seem to work out mm. so I also don't think there should be worrying about that yeah because yeah, you've just got a later film- Foundations of what this is first.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they did bring up the stuff about video games and they did say, somebody asked the question, will we need to have played the video games or can we just watch the TV and film? And he said, you can just watch the TV and film stuff. I think what he's planning to do is they will be able to use the likeness of those actors in the video games, but the stories that they're telling in those won't have a direct impact necessarily on the wider story that they're telling across TV and movies, mm. whatever that is. And part of me does think You might be better off going off with voice actors for doing those roles anyway, r- unless the actor wants to come in and
2: do it. That almost sounds like those old PlayStation film tie-in video games that they used to yeah, do. Yeah, which sounds is a little bit like that.
0: slightly have to be a bit worried. But yes, we'll we'll see. They'll figure that out, I'm sure, and it will be fine. But yes, in terms of the TV and movie stuff, though, the first thing they announced was a thing called Creature Commandos, which is actually an animated series being written by James Gunn. He's written all seven episodes of it. The animation is also going to be tied in to the live action stuff and the movies so they will have the same actors that will go across those roles so the people that will be voicing the characters here will be the people that then play them in live action if those characters show up in live action the people that make up creature commandos it's a team thing and it's going to be uh, rick flag senior it's the batman villain dr phosphorus weasel from the suicide squad who we've already seen nina Mascury who is a Project M scientist from the comics, and Eric Frankenstein and his bride. So those are the characters that make up the Creature Commandos, and they are basically a sort of superhero team of misfits sort of thing. That's the setup for for that one. But that's going to be an animated series, but they are casting that so they can potentially take those people and use them in live action if they so wish. The first live-action series they've announced is Waller, which, interesting, given that they're rebooting everything, and the first live-action series they announced is Viola Davis coming back as Amanda Waller. This is going to be a bit like the Book of Boba Fett. It's going to be not a replacement for Peacemaker Season 2. That is still coming. It's going to sit between Peacemaker Season 1 and Peacemaker Season 2. It's going to have a bunch of the people from Peacemaker in it, so the team that are the regulars on the Peacemaker show will be on the Waller series as well. It's been written by Crystal Henry, who was a writer on the Watchmen series, and Jeremy Carver, who created Doom Patrol. So it's going to be very, very wacky, probably, I suspect, given that the guy from Doom Patrol is involved in it. I think Jeremy Carver had some involvement in Supernatural as well, I seem to remember. I think that's going to be kind of interesting. And Viola Davis is great. I'm up for this. I think this is this sounds like it's going to be good.
2: Yeah, so with the creature commandos thing. It's interesting because that the, obviously got some Suicide Squad members in it. And one interesting part about this whole thing was like, okay, obviously James is going to keep... Peacemaker. It's his own show, and he's the head of the studio that yes, you know, is doing it. He's, he is. he's got no reason to get rid of that. There has been nothing said about like an actual Suicide Squad too. Obviously, that went through like a reboot of sorts from from David Ayer's, yes. not quite as a David Ayer <laughs> Suicide Squad, <laughs> yes. uh, to to whatever James Gunn was doing. But like this seems almost like an alternative to that. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know how I feel about like this corner of of things because I I didn't get on with Peacemaker, and I thought Suicide Squad was kind of fine. I don't know. We'll see how that. Kind kind of goes I think we heard about Waller quite a while ago but this is just kind of bringing it up and sort of reconfirming it I suppose Yeah. but it's one of the areas that I have like the lesser interest in which is okay there's other stuff here that I'm kind of more interested in so we'll see how that goes
0: The first live action movie and what they're describing as really being the launch of the new DCU is going to be a movie called Superman Legacy and it's been written by James they're hoping that James is going to direct it as well it's not an origin story thank God it focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Superman represents truth, justice in the American way. He is kindness in a world that thinks kindness is old fashioned, which I think is kind of an interesting approach for it. Gun adds, So, with our stories, we want to take it away from good guy versus bad guy. There are really good, almost saintly people, and Superman is amongst them. There are really terrible villains like Gorilla Grodden or the Joker, and then there's everybody in between them. So, there are these shades of grey which allow us to tell complex stories? there's an interesting take with Superman because they do have that problem that he is perceived as this sort of god like. Figure who is sort of kind and a little bit old-fashioned, and I think actually hitting that head-on is quite a good way of going for it. I would have said, and I know there is the why couldn't you have kept Cavill on for this? And I don't know because it's still
2: a very get. valid question.
0: I mean, it is a valid question, and I know people are still asking that. And you know, given that they are looking probably to keep Momoa around as Aquaman by the looks of things I don't know why they've decided not to keep him for this because I think
2: I I did see James sort of say Henry doesn't quite feel like the specific Superman that I want or something along those lines and it was kind of okay even though that's the case still he didn't explain why he doesn't fit that I suppose yeah this is going to be the most challenging thing I think in here because even though people really love Ben as Batman which I do we've known for a good chunk of time that okay he's going to maybe be in a few things but he's not going to to be like the main Batman yeah. um, which is why you've had Robert Pattinson's Batman come in in the first place. One main kind of problem this film could have regardless of like the quality of all of it and everything, if it's simply the case that certain Superman fans or Henry Cavill fans look at that and simply just from a sort of not my cup of tea stance. Look at that and think, nah, don't m- maybe they don't like the actor or that James Gunn is writing it or it's, it's just not the Superman that they want. Mm-hmm. And that maybe affects the box office a little bit possibly because one issue they might have particularly with Batman and Superman, who are kind of the front two, obviously Wonder Woman completes the Trinity, is just on the basis of the Batman and Superman films, if those don't work and get very like, maybe it's bad reception or don't do well at the box office, what do you do from from there? Yeah, yeah, I'm not completely averse to what's going on here. I do like some of the stuff that's in here, but I don't like some of the other stuff. If a few projects cause this to crash and burn... Are we going to be here again in five years? Yeah. Rebooting this thing again, whether it's with or without James Gunn or Peter Safran, whoever's at the lead. But basically what I'm saying is for, from a Batman Superman point of view, if one of them two doesn't work or let's say both of them and it just doesn't go down very well. I just don't want to be back here again. I'm just sure nobody wants that to, to yeah. be back here again in five years going, oh, pick another Superman, reboot Superman again, reboot Batman again. <laughs> because it would just it would just get very exhausting so yeah that's not really the case with sort of the Green Lantern stuff or the Suicide Squad like that's not as important as as the big Batman Superman thing you kind of got to get the Trinity
0: right which is yeah Yeah. so I mean I, I don't know the one thing that I think this has going for it is the fact that Gunn is a massive fan of the comic books certainly more so even with the Batman movie he certainly has been inspired by the comic books rather than going completely his own way which Kind of gives me some hope for it. And I like the idea with this that it sounds like it is going to be a lighter Superman, which I think is necessary because I don't think Schneider kind of nailed this particularly well I much as I liked Henry in the role I wasn't as much of a fan of that film
2: I did prefer Superman in Justice League as opposed to Man of Steel I don't know if that makes sense but because even though as much as I really liked Henry's work and Zach's work I wasn't actually that big of a fan of the main Man of Steel film (laughs) that was because of that individual film
0: yeah some of the symbolism and and stuff that they put in there I wasn't a fan of and he's a tricky character to get right but definitely Yeah, I I like what they're suggesting they're going to do with this and the other thing is with this film is it's actually it has a release date, July 11th, 2025. So they've got a couple of years to nail it, but <laughs> that's when that is coming out. It's only two and a half years. Yeah, so. well, I mean, yeah, we'll have to get <laughs> some casting fast. reasonably soon. So, yes, there were rumours <laughs> flying around that casting had started for this. It hasn't. Jim Gunn, he's been very good at shutting people down. There is nobody cast at the moment for that, but uh, presumably they, they'll do that this year. The next thing to come up is a live-action TV series called Lanterns. It's going to be based around the Green Lanterns, obviously. It's actually going to focus on Hell Jordan and Jon Stewart, who are probably the two best-known lanterns. It's going to be on Mm -hmm. HBO Max in the US. They're talking of it being a true detective-type mystery with the two lanterns, a terrestrial-based mystery that leads into an overall story that they're telling throughout different movies and television shows. We find this ancient horror on Earth, and these guys are basically super cops on precinct earth the story is going to weave back and forth between the films and television shows peacemaker is a good example of how that works and that's what we're going to do with this big overarching story that we're telling so it sounds like superman is sort of the introduction into the new dcu lanterns is going to be the thing that introduces their sort of overarching phase one story by the sounds of it yeah I think it's about
2: time we had this type of treatment for the lanterns you uh, know yeah I, absolutely I, I, I think whether it be a big budget film or tv show we've had like a few lantern things here and there obviously there was the tease with Diggle for like 10 years or however long that went yes. on <laughs> which was getting a bit silly but uh, no the, the lanterns are a core part of the DC universe and uh, yeah this is this is one that I've, I've got no problems with and I'm I'm looking forward to this
0: I like the sound of that and I think it's a good thing to set that up as a series rather than try to shove it all into a movie as well next one is a movie, it's called The Authority it's a passion project of James Gunn, he says I've been working really hard on it with the writers and we're starting to put together the entire story, it's a big movie The Authority isn't somebody that I'm particularly familiar with because they're actually characters from Wildstorm Comics which is an imprint that was bought by DC, so there's a number of things that DC have bought a long way, like Watchmen, for example, are now part of main mm-hmm. DC continuity in the comic books, but they weren't for the longest time because it was a completely separate entity and then they bought them and Wildstorm are the same. So they're starting to fold them into the main thing. The Authority is a very different kind of superhero story. They're basically good-intentioned, but they think the world is completely broken and the only way to fix it is to take things into their own hands, whether that means killing people, destroying heads of state, changing governments, basically whatever they want to do to make the world better. We'll see how that journey goes for them. So they're morally grey characters in the DCU. It sounds like a sort of interesting group to bring in because they're very much the sort of anti-hero group by the sounds of it. So I think that could... Be an interesting group of characters to play around with, but um, yeah, I don't know that comic book at all, so I really couldn't tell you
2: much more about it than what they've said. Then, this is one within all this that kind of okay, it could work later down the line. It depends how you introduce these characters, Mm -hmm. I I think, possibly. I mean, if they're going to be in that kind of anti hero ish sort of area, maybe I mean, I don't know how the comic books work for this, but like maybe using the suicide squad ish sort of area to bring that in, possibly. Like tonally have it fit in with with something else because one of the issues that something like Black Adam had was it was just kind of thrown to the audience and no, nobody really knew yeah. what the character was and the film didn't work. But then you you should have used like Superman to set that that character up and sort of put him in something else first. um yeah. So whether they're gonna do that, because I think if you just kind of jump in with this and people don't really know what it is, I, I don't know how well that will do. Which is <laughs> one of the problems you're going to possibly come across when you're doing this fresh DCU thing. So we'll see. Maybe. i'll could be wrong about that, but uh, we'll see how that uh, how that kind of goes down.
0: Yes, I know what you mean. It's an interesting one that I I don't know enough about the characters to be able to tell you one way or another. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is one that I'd look at and
2: think, okay, that's interesting, but put it on a shelf for later.
0: Yeah. Next thing is a live action series called Paradise Lost. It's described by Saffron as a Game of Thrones type story about Themyscira, the home of the Amazons and birthplace of Wonder Woman. It involves all the darkness, drama, and political intrigue behind a society of only women it's an origin story of how the society of women came about what does it mean what their politics are like what are their rules who's in charge what are the games that they play with each other to get to the top and the events obviously are taking place before the birth of diana wonder woman so
2: yeah i mean i think that's an interesting area to explore i like the idea of this does that just sound convenient that it's before she gets bought so they don't have to worry about putting, yeah, I th- putting I mean, her I, into the story i think
0: that that is possibly it but i also think that you know it's about the formation of that society which mm. you know i really
2: like seeing those characters in when we saw them very briefly in justice league i did quite mm-hmm. like those characters so it's going to be some of those same ones that would be quite good and if you are keeping Gal Gadot around they've mentioned that like okay, they're looking to keep her around there was no mention of an actual film for her or anything yeah. but it sounds cool but I kind of want to know when when I'm seeing Wonder Woman next
0: yes because we don't know that at the moment I mean this is the only kind of Wonder Woman related project in yeah. this so yes we'll see the one that I'm actually quite excited about is called The Brave and the Bold it's the introduction of the DCU's Batman so it's not Robert Patterson it's not Ben Affleck they're, so they're working with Robert on the Batman part two with Matt Reeves they're working with Ben on being part of the team because he wants to direct one or two of the projects that they're working on so he's going to be behind the camera rather than in front of it what they've done is they've basically taken the Grant Morrison run of the comic books and the story of Damian Wayne and Damian Wayne for those you don't know obviously as you might guess by the name is the son of Bruce Wayne but he was raised by the League of Assassins so he is basically a murderous little psychopath, mm-hmm. and he is a fantastic 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 character that entire run of comic books that Grant Morrison run is one of my favourite runs of books in recent years on Batman I love this idea and the other exciting thing for me is that it's actually going to have the Bat family in it we don't know which exact characters are going to be in it but if it's the introduction of Damien you've basically got Bruce there with at the time Tim as Robin Jason is already Red Hood Dick is off being Nightwing you've you probably got Barbara kicking around. You maybe have Stephanie Brown in there as well. So the the, the Bat Family will be represented in this film as well, because as I've said, it's about time that we actually had a Bat Family movie. That is the Batman setup, which I like. I like the fact that it's not just Batman lone hero moping around, which is what the Matt Reeves Batman movie was. I like the Bat Family stuff. And... The fact that they're introducing this and they're doing it with one of the best comic book runs that I think have been done in recent years with that Grand Morrison run, I am very very
2: interested for this. Yeah, I think this sounds fantastic. Um, something which I've been asking for for a while is can we have more Bat Family type content? Obviously, we had Batwoman for a little bit. We were going to have Batgirl until DC decided that they very much didn't want that film. And we had yes. the Gotham Night. We had the Gotham Knights game, which was good and bad in areas. One of the best things about the Gotham Knights game, though, was the chemistry between the four main. Gotham Knights which I think are the same ones that you just mentioned apart from it was uh, Barbara's Batgirl because there's a whole um, Jim Gordon story in there which Damian Wayne isn't in that but this sounds like a very very good idea I just kind of wonder if you should make this the second Batman film and do a Batman film first, solidifying whoever the new actual actor for Batman is going to be. Because one cool thing you could maybe do, if if you're gonna if you're gonna start doing this like the MCU and you're gonna start having connective tissue and post-credit scenes and you know that that type of thing, I think what might work as a pretty cool idea is you do a, just a normal Batman film with whoever the the person's going to be, and then you maybe have like an end nugget or something to where uh, because it's Talia, isn't it, that yes. has the child with Bruce, but he doesn't really kind of know which is like the interesting part about yeah. it and maybe have Talia say like hey here's your son or you know something along those lines because it ties into the League of Assassins yeah. I think that might be a good sort of like oh Damien's on his way to kind of get you excited for the next film I'm kind of okay if they if they jump in with this maybe as the first one I just think it might flow slightly better if you do this as the second film and then you slowly start introducing the uh, Bat Flammy members
0: I don't want a slow introduction of I, I want them to jump in with Batman established with the family established I actually want right. because I think the problem is, if you start introducing the characters, even if you start off with a Batman and Robin, you've then got, well, do you start off with Bruce and Dick and then have Dick go off to be Nightwing and then bring in another Robin and then you've got to kill Jason and then... I think it makes sense to do this and just go no we're going to start with Batman is established the Bat family is established we go from there and you introduce Damien because Damien he's what fifth Robin I think he was (coughs) because you had Dick was followed by Jason was followed by Tim and then Stephanie was in there for a little bit then Tim came back and then it was Damien so I actually don't want them to do a completely solo movie I want them to set this up with the Bat family already established because I think it would take way way too long and you'd never actually get there and mm. I think this is a really interesting story because it's the story of Damian Wayne basically being dumped on Bruce's doorstep by Talia going by the way you've got a kid and he's raved by the League of Assassins and he is a murderous little psychopath the thing is what it sort of leads into is Bruce is apparently killed at one stage and Dick takes over the mantle of Batman and you end up with this sort of slightly lighter version of Batman that's a little bit more quippy because it's Dick under the cowl and a much more serious Robin when Damien takes over because he's all about the sort of, you know, get the criminals and that sort of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And that dynamic is beautiful. And what excites me for this is if this works and they keep it going, you could potentially do that as the sort of, you know, you end up at the end of this arc, I don't know, the end of phase one or whatever it is, whatever they're going to be calling these chapter one. Yeah, so chapters isn't there. Or yeah, something. they're, they're yeah. saying chapters because this is referred to as gods and monsters, this chapter. And it may be that you get to the end of the chapter and you actually kill off this Batman. Or, I mean, in the comic books, even you know, because nobody dies in comic books, they didn't actually kill <laughs> off Bruce. He disappeared in time. But you could actually get rid of that Batman and put Dick in there and actually put Damien and Dick has been the Batman and Robin for a while, you could end up going down that story route, which would actually be quite interesting as well. And it also then helps to differentiate that from the version that you're getting on the Matt Reeves one, because that's Bruce's Batman as a young man whereas mm-hmm. you would have Dick and Damien as Batman and Robin in this so I don't know there are interesting possibilities with that and yeah. uh, I'm very very intrigued by that movie that was the one that really stood out to me I was like yes this is what I'd be wanting to see with a Batman film but
2: yeah as I said I think I think the idea is great and I really like the Bat Family I just wonder if you should sort of work up to it and make it exciting instead of just kind of I I, sticking it there I don't yeah, know
0: yeah I think the problem is if you start to work up to it and introduce the Bat Family members Members one by one particularly with all the Robins it would take you you've either got to rush through it or you're never going to get there mm. and, and I would rather than just do it this way and go okay find a clever way of of explaining who everybody is set everybody up and then you've got that back family established because that is how it is and how it's been for a very very long time in the comic books is Bruce isn't on his own he has this bunch of adopted kids so yeah. that's what I want to see on screen that's Brave and the Bold and I, I'm very excited for that film I think that's going to be interesting the other really cool series that's coming up that's that's obviously a movie the series that they announced next was Booster Gold he's a massive fan favourite character if you don't know anything about Booster Gold he comes from the future Gunn describes it as being sort of superhero imposter syndrome he basically uses some tech from the future and he's essentially a loser in the future steals some tech goes back in time and pretends to be a superhero using this sort of advanced tech that he's brought back with him that's basically the setup for it he is a wonderfully Fun, cheesy kind of character. And I really like Booster. And the other thing that this allows the possibility for is there was a run in the comic books called 52, not new 52, but there is a a set of books called 52, which are fantastic. And it's set in a period where all three of the Trinity have gone in different directions. Like Superman has lost his powers, Batman is off trying to rebuild himself, essentially, after a big battle. And Wonder Woman has gone off as well having just I think killed Matt Lord and being televised to the world so they've all gone off and they've kind of gone underground and disappeared so you're left with all these sort of more minor characters and that entire story centers around Booster and it's one of the best things in DC that has none of the major characters in it this potentially if you've got the right person for this role he really could be quite a central figure if they wanted to do something like that storyline moving forward as well i love booster gold he's a fantastic character and i think a live action series with him fits perfectly it's going to be a fun one that i think definitely
2: cool If they do that in the way that you have just explained sounds quite good because you do have those odd stories now and again where hey batman's gone off or something or they're not always 100 percent present as to like where they are if you were to do kind of the Justice League has disappeared a little bit or been somewhat dismantled and you get other smaller characters coming in, that's something that could work. So, again, this is another one that I think needs to be set up properly instead of just maybe throwing it on screen. But yeah, Booster Gold sounds like a cool character, but doing what you described sounds very good.
0: And he has a he has a like a little mechanical sidekick that floats alongside him, which he has a sort of really fun little back and forth stuff with. So oh, cool. I'm really looking forward to that. I was very, very happy to see they finally announced a Booster Gold series. There's a Supergirl movie incoming called Woman of Tomorrow based on Tom King and Bill Quist Everly's comic book. Tom King has actually, who's a great writer, has actually been involved in a lot of the sort of background to this as well, which also kind of encouraging to me that they've got people that are involved in the DC comic books in the writing room and breaking stories with them. That I'm really happy about. So in this story, Superman, who was sent to Earth and raised by the very loving parents, obviously, Kara was on Krypton. She was on a piece of Krypton that drifted away from the planet and she lived there for the first 14 years of her life in a horrible situation where she watched everybody around her die. So she is a much harsher, more screwed up version of Supergirl than you've been used to so far. I think that's a really interesting take on that character. Sounds very dramatic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> really, really, I don't know the actual book. I need to go and look that book up, but that sounds very, very interesting. I'm very intrigued by that. That's going to be the take on Supergirl, which is good because I think Supergirl is obviously a character that we know quite well from the TV show to, to have this very different kind of take on her for the movies and for this universe version I think that works really really well is this going to be Sasha Cully Supergirl we don't know it may be it's a recast we don't know whether she'll get a I chance to... i that very annoying well yeah I mean who knows because we, we
2: you, you've got a good opportunity there where you introduce the character in the flash and then just very easily work that character into DCU possibly meeting a cousin Superman very easy ways you can glue all that together
0: yeah well yes it depends though because it depends again on the characterization that character is in the flash compared to the characterization that they need to use in here yeah because it sounds a
2: little bit more origin-esque than possibly the version in the flash which we might end up with yes it would just be annoying to watch the flash and go oh this woman's really cool as Supergirl and then we never see her again
0: yeah we don't know that may be a Mm. new, new actor it may not be we'll see whether she gets a shot Today. she may not yeah. we'll have to wait and see the last thing is another live action movie and it's Swamp Thing. It's interesting they're going back to Swamp Thing again mm-hmm. having sort of ditched that was one of the first TV shows that was really good as well but yeah. they ditched that Swamp Thing TV series and but they're now bringing it back into a movie. Saffron said the final film we want to talk about is Swamp Thing. We bring it up because it's important to point out that these stories although they're interconnected are not all tonally the same. Each set of filmmakers bring right. their own aesthetic to these films and the fun of of seeing how these tonally different works mash up in the future this is a film that will investigate the darker origins of Swamp Thing we're actually developing a few other things as well but for one or another reason we can't say anything about them so it's an origin story for Swamp Thing basically which Mm. you know fine okay that's going to be I think a bit more horror-y I suspect given that they pointed out the tonal differences with that I suspect Mm.
2: it's it's well well, Swamp Thing's more of a horror type character it is how the the TV show went which I think most people really enjoy Enjoyed, but yeah. they cancelled after didn't they release episode one and then was like hey this is cancelled <laughs> yes I think there was some sort of set well, they, uh, yeah, they, they, they realised because they, like
0: they built that entire Swamp set and then realised it was going to cost them like a million dollars or something to house it well they decided whether they wanted a second season so they decided they were just going to cancel it instead yeah, which is, is ridiculous but yeah. it's such a shame because that was a really good series mm-hmm. you know at least they're going back to Swamp Thing with the
2: movie so if you're mm-hmm. able to capture any of that the tonal stuff uh, so this is where I do expect like a reboot. I know what I've just talked about with Supergirl, but that's literally a, a different scenario. This one thing was what like a couple of years ago, it's very like in, in the distant memory. We'll see how that goes again. That's possibly another one where it's like, okay, some people know the character, some people don't, some people watch the show. Again, another kind of slightly more unknown character that you, I think you should work into the universe in a particular way. But yeah, it's another character I'll be up for seeing.
0: Yes, I think that's an interesting one. So that's all the stuff that they announced. There is some interesting stuff in there as I say I'm very excited for Batman I think Superman's going to be a difficult thing to nail that's going I mean, to be the hardest thing to do in here yeah I think. Uh, Brave and the Bold Batman movie I really like the sound of I do like the sound of Paradise Lost Lantern series so I'm quite excited for the stuff that they came out with I know there's a lot of people still upset about like you know I mean there was a bunch of restore the Snyderverse things so i like give it up already <laughs> it's not going to happen
2: people still want it though like... I
0: know but it's never going to happen at this point it's just I'm just saying no. the
2: idea of the IP of Restore the Snyderverse to, to Netflix but that isn't actually an IP it's just a nickname for a director's set of films. Yeah,
0: no, um, I, and I mean I know people are still upset with Cavill thing although Henry seems to be doing fine without it, I mean he's got an entire thing that he's managing, he's doing Warhammer 40k for Amazon, I don't think he'd have the time at this point to be able to be Superman as well but we'll see
2: mm, It also is just a shame that like Dark Side was right there
0: <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know and i don't don't know whether we're going to go back to dark side as well because he again features very heavily in that morrison story
2: as well for batman i'm guessing dark side's going to get recast i guess we're going to get get another version of deathstroke at some point yes maybe (laughs) because we have the the arrow version the titans version the very brief Snyder version yeah probably get a fourth one of those yes
0: maybe maybe we'll have to see that's all the dc stuff and that's the end of the news for this week time for some highlights for next week on tv So highlights for next week. We have The Rookie Feds. That's starting on Wednesday, the 8th of February at 9pm. So that's coming to Sky Witness. That is, of course, the spinoff from The Rookie. Beauty and the Beast Seasons 1 to 4. That's the remake based on the classic 1987 CBS show. That is coming to ITVX on the 9th of February. You've got Funny Women, which is a new TV comedy based on the Nick Hornby novel. That's coming on the 9th of February to Sky Comedy. You returns for the first part of Season 4. That is coming on the 9th of February to Netflix. South Park season 26, that lands on comedy Central on the 9th of February at 10 p.m. It's then on the 10th. It will be going on to Paramount Plus as well, so be able to see it there. And Clarkson's Farm, Jeremy Clarkson returns for the second season of that on Prime Video. That's on the 10th of February. So that is all the stuff coming up for next week. If people want to find more of your stuff, where can they find
2: you? Well, if you'd like to hear more of me talking about stuff, uh, TV, Games, Films, Main night Podcast, you can find those over on entertainmenttalk.org and your favourite podcast platform of choice by searching for Entertainment Talk. We've got The Last of Us going on, uh, Gaming Talks we brought back recently. We've got some interesting stuff going on over there. We talked about the uh, Tomb Raider TV show, which has got Phoebe Waller-Bridge doing that, which sounds really great. Did some episodes recently about things like Hogwarts Legacy. Obviously, that's coming out this week and some other things. Good news as well, Man United are in a cup final. Hasn't happened for a couple <laughs> of years. We're in a Europa League final I think two years or so ago. Uh, so on the 26th, I think that's on a Sunday, we've got Newcastle in the Carabao Cup final. So uh, I want to play that game right now because I want to <laughs> just go and win the trophy. So uh, that'll be a very, very good day to look forward to. So look forward to that. Yeah. And a bunch of other podcasts that we've got, but the main thing kind of being a uh, gaming talk, The Last of Us and the United cast as well. So look out for all of those. Find me on Twitch if you'd like to do that at UK and YouTube for other things, basically <laughs> yeah. uh, entertainment talk plays some COD clips and things like that. So have a look out for that over
0: there. Cool. And for other people involved in the show you can of course find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Bytes. that's B-Y-T-E-S for lots of streams throughout the week. She's got lots of things going on with just chatting streams and other gaming bits and pieces. She's doing some retro gaming. She's doing some more modern gaming stuff as well now so uh, she's upgraded her computer so she's doing more modern gaming things as well. Mm. So uh, lots of things going on over there. She's always fun to watch and listen to that's twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes B-Y-T-E-S and for Daryl you can find him at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series that you love which are shot in Canada. For us you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown and on Instagram at Geektown UK That is everything. We shall see you next week Bye Bye bye